Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hi-Yo Silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'll Silver. of Elmville was surrounded by mountains in which men dug or panned the streams for gold. About one mile north of town, a group of large rocks made a crude enclosure large enough to hide several men and their horses. There were three men there. Squint Crowder had lived for the past six months in Elmville. Jake and Steve were newcomers. When we left jail, I told you boys I'd find some way to make quick money. Didn't I say that, Jake? Yeah, Crowder, you sure did. As soon as we got your letter, Crowder, we knew you'd made good on your promise. Tell us about this, Jake. Well, there's not much to tell. Sometime today, an old galoot named Markheim will come along this trail. He's called old Pop Markheim. He'll come along? Yeah. We rob him? That's right. You'd think he'd be carry enough to make it worthwhile? Wait till I tell you about him. He used to own the general store in Elmville. He'd grubstake anyone who wanted to try his luck in the hills. Why, he gave away almost as much as he sold. It's a wonder he didn't go broke. He did. 
He had to sell his store and home to pay his debts. He left town and settled in a cabin in the hills about two miles north of here. That was several years ago. Since then, lots of the men he grub-staked have struck it rich. Each one pays Markheim a share of the gold he takes from his claim. Yeah, that must amount to considerable. What's the old man do with all that gold? I'll tell you what I've learned, and you draw your own conclusions. The gold is sent to a lawyer in town. A man named Bates was an old friend of Markheim. Sent by the men who were grub-staked? Yeah. Once a month, Markheim goes to town. He spends a couple of hours in the lawyer's office... And he buys supplies at the store, paying for them with gold. Then he goes back to his cabin. Passing by these rocks? Yeah, that's right. Does he take the gold with him? He has no bank account in Elmville. And I know very well that his lawyer wouldn't keep a lot of gold in his office. Well, then he keeps the gold in his cabin. That's what I'd say. What do you think, Steve? I think the same as Jake. Then we've all reached the same conclusion. He has the gold in his cabin. Why don't we go to the cabin instead of waiting here? We'll go there after dark when there's no risk of being seen by the prospectors in this vicinity. And why do we stop Markham here? I want him out of the way. So he can't raise an alarm when we visit his cabin. Yeah, looks like this place has been used for a camp. There's ashes from a cooking fire. Hey, someone's coming. Hey, let me see. Move over so I can look between the rocks. You see who it is? Markheim. Is he alone? Yeah. I'll climb to where he can see me. Crowder ascended the rocky wall until the approaching horseman was in full view. Then he drew a gun and called... Markheim, rein in. Oh, hold it. You're covered. Don't try a fast move. Is this your stick-up? You'll know what it is in a couple of minutes. Bring your horse inside this circle of rocks. What if I refuse? I'll shoot. Well, don't get trigger-happy. I'll do as you say. Get up. You'll find an opening over there. Crowder held his gun steady and watched sharply while Markheim guided his horse around the rocks and through an opening. That'll do. Oh, oh. Dismount. Three of you, huh? Search him, Jake. Right. Steve, you go through his saddlebags. Yeah, I'll dump him on the ground. I've seen you in town. The name is Crowder, isn't it? Yeah. He's not packing a gun. Go through his pockets. If you're looking for money... We're looking for gold, Markheim. Oh, here's some couple of double eagles. Oh, $40. I brought that from town to pay a man who did some work on my cabin. Where's the rest of your gold? That's all I have. Don't lie. We know different. I'm not lying. Steve, what's in a saddlebag? Nothing but food. And there's nothing else in his pockets except these papers. Uh, what are they? Stock certificates. Railroad company, shipping land. Mark time, every month you go into town. You collect a share of the gold from half a dozen claims. <laughs> I collect just enough gold to buy food and supplies. All the rest of my dividends are invested in good stocks and bonds by Lyra Bates. That certificate your friend took from my pocket are the ones I picked up today. There's no point in stealing them because they're registered in my name. Not worth a dime to anyone but me. I guess he's right. His name is on them. Tin Horn Outlaws made a fool move when you decided to rob me. Now give me back my property. What'll we do, Crowder? Let him go, he'll turn us over to the We're law. We're not letting him go. Crowder, you're not going to shoot me. No. Not for $40. You wouldn't do that. Sorry, Markheim, but we can't let you turn us over to the law. Wait. Give me that gun. Look out, boss. Yeah. Markheim ceased his struggle for Crowder's gun and staggered back with a look of incredulity in his face. And his eyes went glassy and he slumped to the ground. He's dead. He shouldn't have tried to take away my gun. What's the difference, Crowder? You meant to shoot him anyway. I still think he was lying about not having any gold. So do I. 
I'd be willing to bet there's a fortune hidden in his shack. Well, let's go and get it. Not in daylight. I told you before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You two get rid of the body. Take his horse a long way into the hills and turn it loose. Well, why don't you go with us, Crowder? Jake, you fool, we have a murder on our hands. I've got to do something about that. And what are you going to do? I had it all planned out ahead of time. I'm going to frame old Shep Belden for the murder. Give me the stock certificates and gold you took from Markheim. I'll leave them for the frame-up. A few minutes later, the three crooks rode away. Crowder went toward town, while the others headed into the hills with the blanket-wrapped form of the dead man tied across the saddle of his horse. That night, Jake and Steve were back inside the circle of rocks at a few minutes before 8 o'clock. Presently, they heard approaching hoofbeats from the direction of town. Hey, maybe that's Crowder. Uh, it sounds like more than one horse, Jake. Maybe he's bringing someone with him. Look through the crack and see. Yeah. Steve peered between two of the massive boulders and saw the moonlit figures of two horsemen. He didn't know that they were Tonto, the Lone Ranger's friend, and Dan Reed, the teenage nephew of the masked man. What do you see? Neither one is Crowder. One's a redskin, the other's a teenager. Then keep quiet. They'll probably pass by. No, they're not passing by. They've left the trail. Jake and Steve drew their guns and listened to the clump of hoofs as the horses moved around the 40-foot circle of rocks to the opening on the side away from the trail. They advanced to meet the new arrivals. What do you want here? We not know someone already here. You were asked what you wanted. Golly, mister, we just wanted to camp for the night. That's right. This plenty good camp place. We use it other times. Well, we beat you to it. We're camping here. The vamoose. What do we do, Tana? We're supposed to... Dan, we go to town. Get him up, scout. Come on, Victor. Tato and Dan Reed rode but a short distance in the direction of town. Then the Indian signaled a halt. Oh, 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 Victor, oh, Dan spoke first with concern in his voice. Golly, Tano... We were supposed to meet the Lone Ranger in that campsite. If he doesn't find us there, he'll wonder where we are. Dan, you go to town. Get room in hotel. Stay there. Me go north to hiding place. Watch for mask friend. Good. Get him up, Scott. Come on, Victor. Tonto cut from the trail and circled through the hills to meet his mask friend, while Dan Reed continued on the route to town. He passed a single horseman traveling in the opposite direction. It was Crowder heading toward the meeting place. The outlaw reached there at 8 o'clock. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, you're right on time, boys. Steady. Everything is taken care of in town. What did you do with Markheim's body? We took it to a cave near Three Pines, and we turned his horse loose in the hills. Good. By the time it's found, the sheriff will already have the man to hang for the murder. Meanwhile, Tonto was some distance north of the camp, meeting the Lone Ranger. Oh, easy, steady, big fella. Tonto, I expected to find you in our campsite. A two-peller already there. So Dan, go to town. Him get room hotel. Wait there for us. You say two men are camped in that circle of rocks? Not right. Strange that they'd camp there when the town is so near. Ah. Unless they want to avoid being seen in town. You know who they are? Me not know. Let's find out. Come on, Silver. Come up, Scout. 
Major and Tonto halted their horses some distance from the camp and completed the way silently on foot. As they neared the rocks, they heard voices and quickly realized that there were now three men behind the rocks instead of two. You handled it slick, Crowder. Yeah, you sure did, boys. I'd like to be on hand when the old bum tries to spend a $20 gold piece. <laughs> it's more than he ever had in his life at one time. The sheriff is sure to ask where he got it. <laughs> He'll say a stranger gave him two such coins for holding a horse for ten minutes. <laughs> That'll sure lift the sheriff's eyebrows. It'll sound like the biggest lie a lawman's ever heard. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, say, Crowder, suppose the sheriff asked the old man to describe the stranger who hands out double eagles. Before I met old Shep, I stopped at my place. I got into some fancy clothes I had in my trunk, a long tailcoat and fancy vest, and some false whiskers I used on a couple of stagecoach robberies. <laughs> when Shep describes that outfit, the sheriff will be dead certain he's lying. What do you think the sheriff's next move will be? I figure he'll search the room where Shep sleeps. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah, and there he'll find a couple of stock certificates I planted. The old man will have to say he doesn't know where they came from, but no one will believe him. Crowder, that's the tightest frame-up I ever heard of. On the strength of the evidence, a jury will hang old Shep for murder. Yeah, if a lynch mob doesn't hang him first. In either case, the murder will be considered solved, and we'll be in the clear. Yeah, I've got to hand it to you, Crowder. You're smart. Mighty smart. <laughs> The Lone Ranger and Tonto hurried silently away from the circle of rocks. As they moved toward the place where they had left their horses, the Indian said, We go away and leave these, Palmer? Yes, Tonto. We've no proof to take to the sheriff. Crooks maybe get away. I doubt it. They think they're safe. We know that one is named Crowder, that he lives in town. We'll have no trouble finding him when we want him. Mm, what we do? First, we must try to clear Belden. You heard what the killer said about him. Ah, uh... Him frame. Yes, and he's likely to be lynched before the truth is known. Dan Reed in town. Maybe him hear talk. Maybe him know what happened to old man. We'll find out, Steady Silver. Easy, Big fella. Easy, fella. I'll be at the edge of town while you locate Dan's hotel room. I'd like to get into it without being seen and questioned about my mask. Once Silver. Get him up, town. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few minutes. learned that Dan Reed had a rear room on the hotel's first floor. He hurried to a woods where the Lone Ranger waited near the edge of town. 
The horses were left hidden there. The masked man followed Tonto through the darkness behind the hotel and entered Dan's room through a window. He closed the window, drew the shade, and then turned toward Dan and Tonto. Well, Dan, we had a little trouble getting together. Well, golly, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too. Mm, nice room. It's more than that. It's two rooms. Two? Yes, sir. I had to rent a sitting room as well as this bedroom. This door opens into it. <laughs> a suite. This is fine, Dan. Does uh, that door in the sitting room open into the hall? Yes, sir. I'll make sure it's locked. When Tano came here a few minutes ago, before he went to get you, he said a man named Shep Belden had been framed. Well, we think so, Dan. Someone seems to have been killed. I saw part of it. You did? Well, yes, sir. After I settled in these rooms, I went to the cafe in the front part of the hotel to get something to eat. Shep was there. Everyone was talking about him. Oh, what was he doing? Well, he was offering to buy refreshments for everyone and waving a $20 gold piece. The sheriff was there and he started asking questions. Questioning, Belden? Yes, sir. It seems the old man never had much money. The sheriff wanted to know where he got $20. Well, what did uh, Shep say? Well, he said a stranger gave it to him for holding a horse for a few minutes. And then he showed another $20 gold piece. No one believe old man get $40 for holding horse? Well, the sheriff didn't believe it. He accused Shep of stealing the gold. Then what happened? Well, the sheriff said he was going to go through Shep's sleeping room. He left with the old man. And then in about half an hour, when I'd finished my supper, the sheriff came back and told the men in the cafe that he'd locked Shep in jail. Do you know whether or not he found anything in Shep's room? Yes, sir, he did. Oh? He found some stock certificates that he said had been stolen from a man named Markheim. Shep denied knowing anything about them. Uh, you know Markheim, Kimosabi? Yes. Oh, you do? I used to know him very well, Dan. He's a fine man. I... Tonto, I wonder if it's Markheim who had been murdered. May not know. Dan, do you happen to know what the sheriff plans to do? Well, the last I heard, he told some men he'd ride into the hills tomorrow and call on Markheim. Dan, stay here and keep both doors locked. Tonto, we're going to Markheim's house tonight. Ah. Lone Ranger and Tonto left through the window and hurried to the woods where they had left the horses. There they paused to tighten the cinches. Uh, why we go to Markheim cabin? To see if he's there. If he is, we'll talk to him. If not, we'll talk to Crowder and those men who are with him. Are you ready? <laughs> What's the matter, Kimasabi? I brought the key to Dan's sitting room with me. Oh, that not matter. Dan still have key to bedroom. I must have put it into my pocket without thinking when Dan started telling what he knew about old Shep. We ready now? Yes, easy. Sit the big fella. Easy, Scott. Easy, Thunder. Get him up, Scott. Destiny must have been at work when the Lone Ranger absentmindedly carried away the key to Dan Reed's sitting room. The masked man thought no more about it as he and Tato headed north toward Markheim's mountain cabin. Meanwhile, Crowder and his companions were already at the cabin. Jake was hidden in the darkness to stand watch while Steve and Crowder searched inside by candlelight. There's nothing here. There's a ladder leading to a loft. You might have a look up there. Crowder, we're taking a chance. The sheriff might come here after he finds those stock certificates you left at Belden's place. That's why Jake is outside. If anyone comes here, he'll know it. Now look in the loft. The search continued for some time. Loose floorboards were pried up. 
The loft was examined carefully from one end to the other. Every drawer and chest and box was searched thoroughly. Flagstones set in the floor before the fireplace were pulled loose. And then Crowder studied the rocks at the fireplace itself. Yeah, I've heard of men having a secret hiding place behind a loose rock. Maybe one of these. Hey, that one. It moved. Maybe this is it. Want some help with it? No, I can lift it. Slides right out. Watch your toes. Yeah. There. Seems to be an opening in back where that rock was. Find anything? I feel something. A bundle of some kind. I have it. Hurry up, Crowder. Unwrap that paper. Let's see what's inside. I'm sure of one thing. There's no gold in this package. Just some packets tied with string. Well, it must be something important or Mark. I wouldn't hide it. <laughs> Looks like more of those stock certificates. Wait, there's something else. Yeah. Paper money. I'll take it. You what? Hold it, both of you. You're covered. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Skip the questions. Keep your hands away from guns. Take that package, Tonto, and disarm them. Uh, me take them. Now listen, mister, we all seem to be after the same thing. Let's talk about a split. Toss the guns into the corner, Toto. Uh, I'm holding guns on you. What? Good work, Jake. You with a mask. Drop that gun. Now that's it. Now, engine. Drop that package. Well, I wondered where you were, Jake. I was watching these two Crowder from the time they rode up. Keep them covered while I take the masked man's second gun. Steve, disarm the Redskins. Yeah, right. Lone Ranger and Tonto remained motionless until Steve and Crowder were close. Then they moved with lightning speed, shaking sideways in opposite directions. Jake fired too late. His bullet brushed the masked man's sleeve. Let go of me! Tonto charged Steve and drove him against Jake. Get out! The two fell. Tonto grabbed Jake's gun. The Lone Ranger swung a fist at Crowder's jaw. Right, you? Oh! That does it. Get up! Get off me, Steve! Let me I'm trying to! Stay where you are. The masked man had picked up the gun he had dropped. As he covered the man on the floor, a sudden idea came to him. Unnoticed, he slipped his free hand into his pocket, withdrew the key to the hotel room, and held it concealed. Cover them, Toto. I'll get the packets these men hope to steal from Markheim. Uh, me watch them. Anyone move, me shoot. Now, let's clear out. No one noticed that the masked man left the room key on the floor as he picked up the packets of stocks and paper money. He and Toto backed through the door and closed it. Steve, you fool, you let him jump here. Oh, why didn't you hit him when you shot? Ah, uh, never mind that. Go and get water. The boss is out cold. <laughs> The Lone Ranger and Tonto hurried back to town and once more left their horses in the woods. Then they went to the home of the sheriff. The lawman was suspicious when he saw the mask, but the Lone Ranger soon won his confidence and his cooperation in carrying out a plan that was built around the key to Dan Reed's sitting room. Though it was after midnight, an oil lamp burned in the sitting room. Most people in town had long since gone to bed, but the Lone Ranger and Tonto, waiting in that room, were wide awake. Presently, a soft tap sounded on the door. Maybe this is what we wait for. I'll open the door, Tonto. You'll be ready for trouble. Uh, me ready. Take it easy. Crowder. Now, listen, mister, I'm here friendly. What do you want? I want to talk to you. Come in. Tell your engine pal to put away his gun. I'm not here to make trouble. Put it away, Tonto. Uh -huh. My pals know where I am. And if I don't join them in half an hour, they'll tell the sheriff what they know. What do they know? They know the number of your room. Oh? What about it? <laughs> I reckon the sheriff would be mighty glad to know where he can find the man who stole Mark Iams' cash and stocks. How did you find me? Yeah, that was easy. You dropped your key while you were in Mark Iams' cabin. I found it. The name of the hotel and the room number was stamped on it. What do you want? 
I'll lay my cards right on the table, mister. You robbed me. You're talking about Markheim's currency in stocks. I went to a lot of trouble to find it. I figure I'm entitled to at least a part of it. I'll split the cash 50-50 with you. What if I refuse? You're in no position to refuse, mister. If I send the sheriff here, he'll find Markheim's stocks and paper money. That, together with the fact that you're wearing a mask, will be enough to hang you for Markheim's murder. I wondered if you had murdered Markheim. His body will be found sooner or later in the cave near Three Pines. I see. Even if I split the currency with you, how do I know you'll not go to the sheriff about me? You'll have to take my word. That's not good enough. As you said, Crowder, someone must hang for Markheim's murder. If I'm found with the sheriff of the stolen stock and part of the currency, I'll be that man. I'd be much more interested in what you're saying if you could give me some assurance that I'd be in the clear. All right, I'll tell you this. There's already a man in jail who is suspected of that murder. Who? An old galoot named Shep Belden. Why is he suspected? Because I uh, arranged things. I framed him. The packets I took from you, Crowder, are right here in the table drawer. <laughs> I thought they'd be in this room. Here they are. This one holds a stock certificate. I don't want those. That paper money is what I want. The door. What? Hold it. I've got a gun on you. We're with you, boss. I'm covering those two. Keep your hands up. Well, things are different this time, mister. Now all three of us have guns on you and the redskin. What does it mean, Crowder? It means we're taking the paper money. A double cross, huh? I'll call it that. You talked about a deal only so I'd bring out the Markheim packets. <laughs> Your friends must have been listening in the hall. Could you hear through that door? We heard every word. We could hear through the door just as if it was paper. I know that. I made sure of it. What? I wanted the sheriff, the hotel clerk, and Markheim's lawyer to hear everything you said, Crowder. What's he mean, boss? I wanted them to hear you admit the murder of Markheim and the framing of Shep Belden. And we heard it all. Hey, the sheriff. I'll get him. Oh, he gets this way. Let go. Let go of that gun. Hold it or I'll bust your arm. You'll never get me alive. Yes, again. Man, that's stopping oh, you, him. You, you. On your feet, Crowder. Stand up and face the music. Oh, Sheriff, you, you, the lawyer. You're all in the adjoining room, Crowder, and heard everything. You see that masked man left the key to this room for you to find. What? what? He left it. Yep. Then he made off with the cash. <laughs> and let me show you what that cash is. It's Confederate paper money, well, and it's worthless. Why, oh. why didn't you find that out, Crowder? Uh, I didn't see it good. Sheriff, we're not needed here any longer. We'll leave by way of the window. It's handier to our horses. Adios. Anything you do is all right with me, mister. Adios. 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 We're all obliged to you three. We sure are. You serve justice. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Oh, that masked man. He... Crowder, he figured you'd be just about smart enough to come here and try to get that cash. And you were just as smart as he figured. But you weren't quite as smart as the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Beamer.